Hello folks, and welcome to ArtsLink on CGSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting from the University of Calgary on Treaty 7 lands. My name is Nathan, and I'm one of the co-hosts for this monthly program. This December, ArtsLink is taking a break from our usual broadcast to make way for CGSW's Best of 2022 programming, so I thought it would be fun to put together a little end-of-year show of my own. You know, one of the coolest things about being at CGSW is contacting artists out of the blue to see if they'd like to talk about their passions, and one of the nicest encounters this year was the man who runs Columbophile.com, whose work has recently expanded into book form. It's called The Columbo Companion, investigating every detail of all 45 classic-era Columbo adventures. For a primer on this classic and entertaining detective show, here is my interview with The Columbophile. If we could try to explain to our listeners what Columbo is about and what makes a good episode of Columbo, where would you want to start? You know, for the uninitiated viewer, what makes Columbo such an interesting show is that, yes, it's a detective drama, but you see the crime committed first, so you know how it's done, and it's always like a, generally a very clever, fiendish, the perfect murder where, you know, they think there's no way anyone could ever solve this, and the beauty of watching it is finding out how Colombo does crack the case. The key ingredients, there are a few of them, the first one being that really perfect murder. So you know, the killer has created an alibi that is so watertight that there's, there's no way he's going to get caught. There's always these little things that bother Colombo about the crime scene, like maybe something is out of place or... The alibi is too perfect, like, you know, he knows a murder was committed at 11 o'clock and the chief suspect was ostentatiously seen out and about at 11. So it just makes him think mm, there's, there's something a bit suspicious going on there. So you really want a very good, fiendishly clever murder. That's probably the best, um, the first ingredient you want. And Columbo is a show, the calibre of guest star on it was absolutely awesome a lot of the time even in very small roles you know, you'd get you know ray milland myrna loy in you know in in relatively small roles although ray milland was a murderer as well as a as a guest star but a lot of the time they 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 cast the killer to contrast peter fork who's little and scruffy playing lieutenant colombo so you've got these sort of very cool and urbane smooth articulate killers someone like Jack Cassidy or Robert Culp or Leonard Nimoy, someone who's very different than Peter Falk. Columbo's rapport with the, these murderers a lot of the time, the chemistry he has with them, whether he likes them or dislikes them, it really makes for such compelling viewing. And I think it really helps as well if the audience has an emotional reaction to the killer. So, I mean, there's 44 or 45 episodes filmed between 1968 and 1978. I think the best ones are those are the ones where you can sympathise with the killer, which is not that common, but it does happen. So um, Donald Pleasance played a, a wine maker who killed his brother who was going to sell the winery. So he killed him to protect his way of life. And he's a strangely sympathetic figure. Ruth Gordon, when she was in her 80s, played a, a little old lady who killed her nephew. Um, and you could really be on her side because she believes her nephew was a murderer. So if you like them, or you can really hate the character, hate the murderer as well, the Leonard Nimoy character, he was a surgeon who tried to murder a senior colleague and then murdered a nurse and then murdered a completely innocent guy. 
and he's just so cold and oh wretched and horrible a man you can just think yes i can't wait to see this guy get taken down and robert conrad was similar to that um uh, louis jordan as well they they all played really loathsome characters so when colombo does figure out how to catch them it makes it so sweet for the viewer and i think um the 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 downfall of the baddie when that does happen um sometimes you know the gotcha scene when colombo gets them is it's almost jaw-droppingly good uh, so one of the episodes uh, suitable for framing from colombo's first season in 1971 it's it's like there's a there's a an art critic who murders his uncle so that he can try and inherit his collection he frames his aunt who has really been named in the will as inheriting the art so that he can get the art himself. And it all boils down to Columbo's fingerprints being on some stolen paintings that he had planted at his aunt's house. And it all comes down to the fact that how could Columbo's fingerprints be on these paintings, because he touched them earlier in the episode, if the auntie had stolen them. And the guy that did it, Ross Martin was the actor, a superb performance, he is sort of so smug, so full of himself, saying, yeah, I told you, my fingerprints are all over these paintings. And then Columbo says, well, we're not looking for yours, we're looking for mine. And then when they find his prints, like Ross Martin's sort of gasping, you touched them, you touched them just now when I wasn't looking. And Columbo just pulls out his hands from his pockets and he's wearing gloves. Not another word is said. It's just, it's just brilliant drama. And just the quality of the writing, particularly in the 70s series, was so high that... You know, that sort of magic moment was going on in almost every episode. Lots of episodes, not that many episodes would tick every box you would want for the perfect Columbo, but there's, if, if, it, they tick, if an episode ticks three or four of those boxes, then you know you're, you've got an absolutely brilliant piece of entertainment. There are free episodes available from your website on a, uh, the Columbo YouTube page. So you can watch this episode that was just being discussed, uh, Suitable for Framing, a perfect title, one of the most perfect titles I I've ever heard. But um, let's talk a little bit about Columbo himself, because he's a man who is never shooting guns, never having any chase scenes. He is, uh, like, he's described uh, by one uh, <laughs> suspect at one point as a little elf under a toadstool, uh, giving us the impression that he is not really a malicious uh, figure. He, he's constantly underestimated or being made to be annoying. Give us your idea of Columbo as a man. That's part of what makes the show so interesting is that the Columbo character you see is almost all an act, you know, quite outside the fact that Peter Falk is acting as Columbo. But if you look at Columbo as a, you know, actual character, almost all of what you see on, on the show is a facade where he is putting on an act to get the suspect or the killer to underestimate him, to feel superior to him and to think they can get away with murder very easily because this, you know, this little scruffy, bumbling cop is is been entrusted to look after the, the solve the perfect murder, really. And and it's it's so brilliant to watch when when Peter Ford puts in shades of the the man Columbo is behind this facade. When they come through, um it's very rare, but it 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 sort of 
tells you that Columbo himself is actually razor sharp. He's on the ball. He's he's actually quite a um, a forceful character in himself when he's not putting on this mask of you know this this subterfuge of being sort of obsequious and simple-minded and all these things so sometimes you know he'll the mask will slip and he'll he'll become angry with with a killer so very memorable scene in the stitch in crime with leonard nimoy when he slams down a pitcher of water on the desk when the guy is laughing at him um an exercise in fatality from season four with robert conroy Columbo hates this guy and he believes the guy is responsible for the wife of the victim having an overdose and they're sitting together in hospital and Columbo really lays into him and you think right he's actually showing me what he really feels about something he really hates this guy and it's so, it's so good to watch because you never know you never really know very much about Columbo as a man so he's a mystery within the mystery show because you you don't really ever get to know much about him he'll tell you things about his wife his family but you suspect most of the time he's making those things up on the spot just to suit the conversation he's having with a killer. So he's, he's been described as a devious man. Um, he admits to that. Some of the, the shrewdest killers do, do recognise him for what he is. I think um, Lee Grant, who is the, the murderous lawyer in the, the pilot episode, um, Ransom for a Dead Man in 1971, she says that, you know, Columbo comes slouching in with his shop-worn bag of tricks, but it's really the jugular he's going for, and I bet most of the time he gets it. And that's absolutely right. You know, he's just, he's playing the fool, but, you know, he's as sharp as Sherlock Holmes beneath it all. A lot more earthy than Sherlock, a lot less showy, but he is he's on that level of, of intelligence. I would like to ask you about your, your website and the interaction that you have with the other Columbo fans. Like when you post a review, you have people immediately given their own opinions of the episode. Uh, you alluded to um, disagreements about the ending of negative reaction where Columbo is, is uh, troubled for some reason. Uh, could you talk a little bit about how this uh, snowball got rolling and, and where you're at and where you're going? Yeah, definitely. Um... Well, I kicked off the blog in, in 2015 now, so mid to 2015. And it really stemmed from the fact that, you know, living in Australia, I really didn't know anyone that, that watched Columbo. It's not a very known show here. Some people will know it. So apart from my actual wife, my real life, Mrs. Columbo, we would watch the DVDs together and we would really enjoy the show, you know, debate the show, discuss it on any level because no one really watched it. And the only person, you know, that would talk to me about the show with my dad but he was like one of those know-alls that was like oh he just bothers them until they confess so he refused to acknowledge the brilliance of the show so I thought all right I'm gonna I'm gonna start blogging on it because then I can discuss it in any level of detail I like and you know if people respond to it great if they don't it doesn't matter I'd already started Twitter then as well I think I started Twitter for Colombo in 2012 um, so my the Columbo file account there, and that was great for interacting with with fellow fans as well. So I started thinking then, all right, I could do the blog, I could share it on on the Twitter account anyway. So I'll at least be widening my audience, and that worked well. And you know, as you say, the readers of the blog, they're you know, they're an incredibly knowledgeable bunch, and 
you know, there's a lot of long form content on the blog. I don't just write a simple couple of hundred words review of an episode, including the episode summary. Some of those reviews, like it's 5,000 words. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, an investment of my time, but it's also an investment of time for the reader to go into it. And you just see the level of, of knowledge and understanding of the mystery genre and Colombo as a whole in a lot of the comments section. And people, a lot of people have got, you know, a lot of love for the show and a lot of big knowledgeable opinions on the show as well. So that's been really good. So as you say, as soon as I post a, um, a review, I did one a couple of weeks ago, and there's, I think I looked today, there's about 100 comments on that blog already of people you know they might be debating a point between themselves or they might just be giving their take on a particular uh, aspect of the episode or the whole episode as well and you know people in it you know they'll, they'll converse with each other and they they you know have relationships outside the blog with each other now through the through the Colombo fandom and, and that's probably the most rewarding thing about the whole thing for me is that I've sort of become a, a fulcrum if you like for other people other Colombo fans to to get together and and get to know each other um so I, i'm active on twitter and facebook less so on facebook's i i don't really like the company but um and instagram as well and there's just just so much positivity about colombo as a whole you know the online world can be pretty hateful uh, these days and a lot of keyboard warriors but almost nothing like that with colombo i think i had to ban one guy from the blog at one point because he was just starting a fight with everyone for no reason in the comment section but that was it you know there's it's a very respectful audience of each other and of the show so yeah it's been it's been terrific and you know three million visits on the site last year and I only wrote 15 articles because my daughter was ill so that just shows that how much interest there still is in the show still people are finding the show you know, first-time viewers are coming to the show and then getting getting hooked, finding the site as well. So it's, you know, Colombo, it's more than 50 years old now, but it's it's still loved. It's still being shown across the world. It's still being found by a new audience. So I don't know, I just think it's it's absolutely terrific. And to be part of, you know, to be in the middle of that that community, it's really, it's very heartening. Let's talk about your personal favorite episode, which you described before we started recording, that it was actually the first one that you had seen at uh, the young age of 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And I think what I found with, with quite a lot of um, Colombo fans is the episode that sort of they remember first seeing or that hooked them initially, years later will still be one of their favorites. And that, that's very much the case for me. So Bye Bye Sky High, IQ Murder Case, it's we aired in... 1977 so it was in Colombo's sixth season the show was pretty established by then but um in and some would say the show had actually passed its peak at that point as well I would agree with that but this episode is just it's got so much good in it I mean there's a high percentage of some of the funniest Colombo scenes of all which I think is a bit of an underrated aspect of Colombo sometimes it could be really funny without trying to be broad comedy just Falk's performances he was a good comedic actor so he could make the audience laugh as well as um you know be interested in the mis in the serious mystery and murder elements of the show and there's I don't know there's five or six of some of the best ever Columbo scenes in that one episode 
where you, you know you even find out a little bit about Colombo because he tells the murderer played by by Theo Bickle he tells him a bit about how he got to his position in life you know how he reached this stage of his career uh you know working harder than than the rest you know he might not be as intelligent as some of the other detectives he used to work with but he worked harder than they did to get to where he is and you know how much he loves his job and you know he's very happy with his lot in life but it's also offset with some very funny scenes like Columbo crushing um the the or cramping the style of like a young accountant who's in a nightclub being chatted up by I know some drunk young girl and Colombo waddles in to put him off and then by the end of it the girl's complimenting him on his hairstyle and there's a great scene where a young Jamie Lee Curtis in one of the the series best ever cameos confiscates his donut Colombo had bought a donut into a into a cafe with him and she takes it away she's really cross with him and she asks him what he wants and he takes ages looking at the menu and then he orders another donut and she looks at him as if you know if looks could kill he'd be dead on the floor uh, and it also has a very good gotcha scene. Um, it's um, where Colombo sort of tricks the murderer, who's this genius and an actual genius, like member of Mensa type genius, into revealing how the crime was committed because Colombo knew he did it. He just didn't really know how the illusion was created that made it look as if the, the victim was killed while the murderer was downstairs amongst a sea of witnesses. Very cleverly done, very well edited. Um, I really like Theo Bickle's performance in the episode as well. Like he's one of those murderers that I get an emotional response to. So even though he committed a, a wicked crime, he is someone you can feel sorry for because you know he himself reveals what a lonely life he's had and he had to hide his gifts as a child. So it really does tick a load of, of the Colombo boxes and really one of Fork's best performances from, from the latter series of the 70s as well, like full of whimsy and fun, but he's got that hard edge to him as well that you don't always see. So um, yeah, it's one of those ones that, even though I know, you know, I watch and I think fondly of it, and, you know, when that happens, you can be biased, positively biased towards something, um, even if it doesn't warrant it. But every time I watch it, I still think, yeah, this is this is brilliant. I still really rate this as my favourite episode. Even though, you know, not everyone agrees with me that it that it's one of the best. You know, a lot of people on the on the blog were commenting they were surprised when I got to round to reviewing it and I said it was my favourite episode. But I think you know, it always will be. It's just uh, you know, a great place. It's brought me a great deal of pleasure over the years. And every time I see it, there's still, there's still plenty to enjoy. That was The Columbo File being interviewed on CGSW 90.9 FM back in February 2022. Please make sure to visit columbofile.com, and you can also find excellent free episodes of Columbo to watch there. If you visit the Arts Link section on cgsw.com, we'll put up a link to his newly released book, The Columbo Companion, 1968-78. to So that's all the time we have for Arts Link this month. Me and Jenny will be back at you on Monday, January 23rd at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., where Jenny will be speaking with Mary Graham on her new book, A Stunning Backdrop, Alberta in the Movies, 1917-1960. to 1960. 